Screw it. Let's, we've had ev literally every technical issue imaginable. Oh my god. Happy Wednesday, everybody. I was trying to, like, fast forward at least to get to the Walmart is racist song, at least. That failed. How are you all doing? I know the whole, the, the whole disaster. You know what I could maybe do? I could... I could do something for you, I think. I think I can do something. Hold on. today happy wednesday hope you're all doing well uh we've got an update on crowder's investigation i did not upload the video yesterday because i didn't feel like there was enough evidence um but i'm gonna jump right into this video first okay we're gonna do that
it's been a while since uh, Stephen Crowder's uh, dropped some new information from his investigative team. Mem- mem- many of you might remember we got the uh, the writings of the mad person, mad lunatic uh, over in Nashville from them. Uh, but also now looks like a pretty spicy investigation into, well, that company, BlackRock, in fact, um, and p- a potential bombshell dropped yesterday. Now, the first part of the reporting uh, started yesterday, and I did record a standalone video about it, but I didn't, um, I didn't feel like there was enough. Um, and I'm still not totally convinced, but the reaction to the initial report uh, is spicy. So in, in short, Crowder had found an email uh, uh, um, that is pretty, cl- you know, there's met much evidence that it belongs to some high up, interesting, per- you know, high up muckety muck at BlackRock. They found that email address was used at uh, websites for viewing, we'll just say those type of videos. You know what I'm talking about. Um, Terrible videos that shouldn't exist. Um, It's an absolutely crazy story, if true. And I do worry a little bit about him because he's treading into waters here that are pretty treacherous. Um you know, pretty, you know, dicey. Um, and now the lawyer has responded. And after the initial report by Steven Crowder, the individual, the woman whose alleged email it is that was used to access this website of videos uh, of young ones um, has now scrubbed all of their social media. Now that of course is not an admission of guilt, but it is a pretty big development. The first part of it's this been 84 it's, years. it's been 84 years lady uh pops in uh was released yesterday and to give you the tldr of it essentially um you know Bonner crowder's mug club undercover unit received a tip about a leaked database of users from a now shut down website which i'm not going to mention the name of but again you know what i'm talking about it was a site full of those videos okay The leaked database included over 5,000 individual email addresses. More than 10 open source intelligence tools repeatedly associated one of the emails to only one person, BlackRock Managing Director Abigail Gold-Geller. As a part of his research, he also found evidence uh, that that email was used from an IP address, according to Stephen Crowder, of a home that belonged to this woman. Okay, so there's all these online websites that say, oh, this is your, you know, you can search someone's email and it says this is what it, who it belongs to. Okay, there were 11, 10 or 11 different websites that all said, hey, this is hers, a woman from BlackRock. Um, Now, email addresses can be, um, you know, it was also used at this website. Now. There's a lot of reasonable doubt here that I want to be very fair in because this is a wild claim, right? First of all, 
the fact that that email address was a member of that site for creeps, um, you know, it could be someone had created a typo, um, you know, uh, or someone registered using that email address. I mean, people register my email address for, um, you know, all sorts of, you know, the left will take it and register it like for like LGBTQ rights charities to totally own me. Like I can't just block the emails. So again, there, this is a big reach by Crowder and I'm, I'm a little nervous, um, given the date of the IP address, some people might think, oh, it's, you know, it could be a Wi-Fi type thing. Wi-Fi wasn't, wasn't very popular in, in this area. You know, it's possible they had Wi-Fi, I suppose. But uh, anyway, so now Mug Club Undercover attempted to question Ms. Geller multiple times uh, about the email address in question and the website. Geller's immediate reaction was involved for legal counsel, high-profile attorney Jack Bowman. Bowman then said, I'm advising you in the strongest possible terms not to publish. Following multiple legal threats and denials without explanation, Lauderth Crowder is publishing their findings. So essentially, in this initial video, which I'm not going to play, um, you know, you can watch, you know, you can watch his coverage on it. He basically goes through their process and says, hey, we found this email address. There's all these websites that say it belonged to you. And then her reply was initially, you know, talk to my lawyer, which is not an admission of guilt, but it is weird. And remember, and remember that she had said multiple times that she had never used this email and blah, 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 blah. Now, that very well might be true. Okay. This is why I'm worried about Steven a little bit. These are powerful people. And, um, after this initial report, the lawyer had issued many statements, okay? He had made claims that, oh, the, it wasn't the email address, this, that, and the other. Essentially, we know. So they put, we also stated repeatedly, this is a letter from the lawyer, to Lotta with Crowder and your affiliates, Ms. Geller unequivocally denies ever using or having any connection to that email address. Given your assertion, that the email address is associated with that website, it would be false, defamatory, and reckless to associate Ms. Geller with that email address. I do think, you know, he has, um, he has indicated that he has more information. So I hope he does because I was, you know, I, to me, it felt a little like, you know, it, it's, it was shaky. You know, and I like Steven Crowder and I think, you know, the investigation, um, you know, into the Nashville situation was very good. Um, but if I have some media company calling me just to give an example, right. Saying, Hey, we found an account on this website doing this, that, or the other thing, care to comment. I'm probably calling my half Asian lawyer right away too. However, their actions now again seem a little odd. So there was another claim. I previously advised Lauder with Cotter that this email address was associated with numerous individuals other than Miss Geller. We have confirmed this to be the case through a simple search at people.com. Now, again, this is where it's getting a little a little dicey. So 
follow me here. Her lawyer said, hey, we use this website and it says that there are numerous other people attached to this email address. Okay. Well, then Stephen Crowder uses that exact website, puts the email address in, and of course, it only comes back to Abigail Gold Geller. So the lawyer lied. The lawyer said, hey, we use this website and it comes back to a bunch of other people. That turns out was a lie. So it's starting to get a little suspicious, right? Why, why would you put something out there like, like this that could be so easily fact-checked? Then they come out and say, hey, um, this other image you shared appears to blur out other relevant information, which may include the IP addresses of other identifiers associated with this particular email address. So essentially they're saying, well, because you redacted some information, that disproves it, which again, that's a, you know, a legal tactic. It gets weirder. It gets weirder. Since the report, the website for the law firm is offline, gone. Isn't that curious? Since the report, Abigail Gold, whatever her name is, Gellner, has deleted her social media has deleted her Instagram, has deleted her LinkedIn, has deleted her online presence. Now, does that mean anything? Well, let me give you a very, you know, a very, like a, a very reasonable explanation for that. You, you get called a certain thing, right? One of these, one of the terrible things and uh, people start contacting you. So is it possible that, you know, people were contacting her and, you know, giving her a hard time, this, that, and the other thing? Yes, it is. It's an entirely possible that, you know, that's related. Now, an update here today, just before. I found out just this morning. During the countdown to this show where you guys listen to Pogo <laughs> and have a good time. The lawyer here, Abigail Geller's lawyer, again, the executive at BlackRock, this lawyer, Jack Bauman, completely privatized his website. So sometime between receiving our request for comment and them responding, uh, also G Geller removed LinkedIn, Instagram. So the woman has now removed her LinkedIn and her Instagram. Now, again, is this proof of guilt? No. Did BlackRock erase her? I mean, I, I there's no evidence of that. If you go to their Twitter, Jack Bauman is still live on Twitter. Hasn't posted since, what, January 17th? And, you know, the replies are, you know, exactly what you would expect. Is it possible 
that, you know, she just went offline because um, people were harassing her? Yes, it is. Is this evidence beyond a reasonable doubt? No, it isn't. I want to be very careful in this video um, because these are extremely, um, extremely serious claims. The website for the law firm being down is curious. It's still down right now. If, you know, their, their Twitter disappears, it'll be curious. You know what I mean? Like some of these, I will say these moves to me feel suspicious. Steven Crowder says he has more evidence perhaps connecting the two. What you need is an email sent from that email address from her, right? It doesn't look good. And I really hope Crowder has uh, more evidence because these claims are wildly serious. Um, and really just the fact that the email address was on their website, that doesn't prove anything. You know, I want to be very careful here because there are real monsters out there, right? Would this have been a story if she didn't, if she wasn't some high up at BlackRock? Probably not. You know, I think that like, I worry a little bit about, you know, Crowder on this one, but if he says he has more information then I suspect he does. The legal firm is also happens to be followed by Cameron and Tyler Winklevoss. So it, it, it's, you know, I, I suspect Crowder is probably going to get sued here. Um, I think, he, I, I hope he has more. Um, he's treading on very, very, in very, very dangerous waters with very, very powerful people. Um, and, uh, I hope he has more. Um, now he never, he did not, as far as I can tell in his coverage, he has not made any direct assertions that she used the website, just that an email address belonging to her was there. And all these moves, you know, deleting social media, taking your website offline, it's crazy. It's getting crazier by the, by the hour, but I hope he has more, you know, I hope, I hope he has more than this. Um, and you know, in my experience, he, it, it you know, he does, but, uh, you know, tread, tread very carefully, my friend. I'm sure he's, uh, I'm sure he has more information. I can't make that claim, but I feel like he probably does. We'll have to see how this one shakes out though. Let me know what you think. You think she's guilty? You think this is uh, a, a reach? Or do you just say, ah, it's BlackRock. They're probably right. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Great reporting if he's got the goods. I'll tell you that. How about now?
How about now? All right. All right. Sorry. Um. All right. It looks like we're just we're uh rumble only for now. All right. We should be good. I forget what I was saying now. I don't know. I don't know what that wasn't an internet issue. That was a restream issue and we just lost 600 people. Awesome. Cool. 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 I'm not using restream anymore. I got to figure out a different solution. I got to use, I got to figure out a different solution. One that's not racist. So you were saying how powerful these people are? Yeah, right. Yeah. I love it. It's been 84 years. No, I think we're okay, yeah. What a day. What a day. All right, let's get back into it here. Uh Okay, I'm back. Yeah, um Let's get back into it. Nothing like losing a thousand viewers though. It's awesome. Makes me feel good. Okay, cool. Let's get back into it. Let's we got a show to do. It's not about the people that left. I understand why they did. It's about the people who are here. And Walmart being racist. It's a write off. <laughs> oh, yeah, my, uh, my mailbox is. Fixed. I I completed the the resurrection. The resurrection. Okay, let's talk about Charlie Kirk. Looks like Charlie Kirk has made the internet mad again yesterday, or I guess I'm recording from last night and. 
everybody's having a absolutely massive meltdown over comments he made mostly in jest about um, thoughts that now creep into his head when he gets on an airplane and the pilot isn't some grizzled old white guy. I think he was partially joking, um, at least in my opinion. Um, but he also, there was some kernel of truth there. And the reason there was a kernel of truth there is because of diversity, equity, and inclusion. People never thought about this before. People never had any concerns about you know, their pilot being up to snuff before. And now people do. And of course, the internet is calling Charlie Kirk a racist. It's been 84 years, she says. Here's part of the clip. Alex Cole, who is a black pilot, allegedly, um, hashtag resist, um, and calls him a racist for this comment. And that's why I think this United story and the DEI story yes. hits so hard because we've all been in the back of a plane when the turbulence hits or when you're flying through a storm and you're like, I'm so glad I saw the guy with the right stuff and the square jaw get into the cockpit before we took off. And I feel better now. Thank you. No, I mean, about like, that. you want to go thought crime? Like, I'm sorry. If I see a black pilot, I'm going to be like, boy, I hope he's qualified. Well, that. Now that's what he's that's what everybody's mad about. <clears throat> the 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 issue is is because he's only thinking that now because of what's been revealed in this investigation or this kind of expose. That's the you wouldn't have done that. You wouldn't have you no, wouldn't have done that not, before. That's not an immediate No, you wouldn't that's have done not that before. who I am. That's no. not what I believe. It is the reality the left has but created. I, I, I'm, I'm, I don't necessarily, I mean, I don't care. I know that like, I, I don't view, I don't view that as an overtly racist comment because not only, I mean, the context is right on the screen. It says DEI in the cockpit, you know, like it, it's just, you know, I, I would also maybe add women to that. And as many people know, my wife is a pilot, very competent one. You see Charlie Kirk's on a remarkable character arc right now. This is Patriot Takes. I don't know who they are. Dedicated to research and monitoring, exposing right-wing extremism. Okay. Charlie Kirk blamed DEI for his racist comment about black pilots. He also implied he doesn't want Laquisha James flying his plane or a black lesbian operating on him. Okay. <laughs> like uh, he's the he said it poorly to be fair. He should have led with because we now know we saw base the the United Airlines CEO say, "Oh, we need to hire 50% more black people or something like that." You know, some sort of, you know, quota, race quota. Which um, you know, Mark Cuban says doesn't exist, but you know his 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 point is that you know he's worried about 
did they get there because of their skin color? And I think that that's a fair question now. Now, ultimately, uh, this is, you know, going to piss some people off. But he's not wrong. Oh, we're going to go back to the Tuskegee Airmen. That's We're going to go back to some military trained pilots from 100 years ago. You know, like there's, there's, I, I think that, so if I look at Charlie Kirk's actual comment or his quote unquote doubling down, which I don't think he's doubling down. He's just saying, Hey, look at former FAA safety team representative, Kyle Bailey joined me on the whole diversity pilot, quote unquote controversy. Are safety outcomes being imperiled by companies like United that are forcing diversity, equity, and inclusion, racial and gender quotas on pilots. Now, people are pushing back and saying, you know, they still have to go through the same training as anyone else. And you would hope that's the case. People are trying to say Charlie Kirk is racist because of this. Um, I don't see, I don't think this has anything to do with race, more so how they've been weaponized. Um, You know, Jordan Peterson, yeah, no, live by diversity and equity, die by diversity and equity. These guys act stupid in order to bait the right and generate ratios because they get paid more money. That's Ed Krasenstein, of course. Ed knows exactly what Charlie's saying, that racist hiring policies give him pause, not that he thinks race plays a factor in skill. And here's his comment, his reaction to it. I made a logical statement. In 2023, 19% of United Pilots' core was minority or female, which was already the highest among any airline. United CEO Steve Kirby bragged that the airline would mandate that their next pilot class would be 50% female and minority. A few questions. One, are there enough candidates to fill that 50% quota? Two, why are 81% of United pilots white men currently? Is it because they happen to be the best pilots? Should we just assume it's because woke United is secretly, super secretly racist? Or is it possible white men simply tend to be more interested in flying than other groups? If white men land plane safety, what's the problem? If hiring based on merit, why aren't there more minority and female pilots? And that's, you know, fair. Their CEO is also a drag queen. Does this automatically mean equally qualified minorities and women are getting passed over? Or are there other explanations? Why are more nurses and teachers female? Is this because society is anti-male or is it because women are drawn to these professions in greater numbers than men? Essentially, these questions, you know, are very well-ordered and well-placed that essentially fly in the face of this, you know, diversity, equity, and inclusion stuff. The reality is, yes, people have preferences and those preferences lead down certain career paths. I don't think, you know, I'm not worried about having a black pilot or a female pilot. I wasn't until now, until now, where I'm concerned that they got pushed through to make a quota. I I don't think that that's, you know, I don't think that that's a racist thing to say. I think that We have the words of these people who are saying, hey, we're more interested in people's skin color than, 
you know, anything else. That's our number one priority in hiring is skin color. We know what it's done to the movie industry, right? Every analysis we have based on similar quota-based affirmative action programs results in lowering standards to meet these quote goals. For example, Harvard lowered admission standards 20 to 30% for blacks versus their Asian and white counterparts. Will United lower the criteria for new pilots hires to meet their goals like Harvard did? Can United guarantee equal safety outcomes if it meets this quota? We have been a victim of our own success. Praise God, in the last 25 years, we haven't had a major airline crash. That is rare. Airplane crashes happen frequently in other parts of the world. We assume landing and flying planes is brainless work anyone can do. It's not. It's high stakes, difficult, and intense work. Of course, there are qualified black and female pilots, but when you socially engineer racial quotas that far outstrip current demographics in a given field, especially one where uh, the lives of passengers are on the line, it's fair to question whether someone receives the job because they're the best or because it's politically expedient. Screaming racism does not make the plan plane land safety. Safely. Jeez, I can't read. And I 100% agree with that. You know, um, you know, you have this. I don't think you're a pilot, but that's okay. I'll explain it to you like you're five. On behalf of every pilot in this country, well, we'll see if they speak for every. By the way, this is a private pilot, looks like. And an 18-year-old progressive he, him, okay. You have to pass a colorblind exam six to seven times before making to the airlines. These exams are based off the airman certification standards. What? What? I don't even, what? That doesn't even make sense. I, I don't even understand where that's coming from or where that's going. And of course, people just resort to making fun of his looks when they can't defeat his arguments. Now, there are minimum requirements, you know, there are minimum require, requirements to be a pilot, but he's asking out loud, hey, are these standards going to change? Because United Airlines has said that we, you know, we're more interested in the color of our pilots than, you know, anything else. When else I get out. on an airplane, you know, I want my, got my pilot to be like, Hi, this is Chad. Uh, maybe like a little bit of a southern accent. Chad Buckworth here. You know. No, Chad. Yeah. This is my 31,000th hour. I'm kind of bored, honestly. Yeah. I could do this yeah, in my Charles, sleep. But exactly. I, 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 want, I want just like cookie cutter. Like, yeah, this is so this is so easy to me. I, I don't want LaQuisha James. They have who that comes like pilot voice. And she's just like, hi, ladies and gentlemen. Pray for me. <laughs> and the truth, and the, tru and the no, truth is, it's, it's just this is a creation that the left wanted. Because and, and and they they think you can't say anything about it because they'll call you a racist. And he they proved his point. You know, they it, it essentially proved their point, and he proved their point. He talks about, you know, he doesn't want to have a surgeon uh, who's a black lesbian because again, it just makes him think that they were hired not based on skill. Matt Walsh says, no, it's not racist. Don't be ridiculous. The point that Charlie Kirk is making is that when you hire people based on DEI instead of skill and merit, you create this kind of wariness and suspicion, which I agree. 
DEI, DEI policies have done that, not Charlie Kirk. Of course, a black pilot could be perfectly qualified. But when United announces we're going to hire more black pilots, we are left to wonder if any particular pilot is the one that's there because he's the best or because he fits the demographic quota. Get rid of DEI and all forms of affirmative action and this concern disappears. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. How about this? Uh, sorry, everybody. I wasn't going to drink today. Uh, right. Walmart is racist. You know, while I was doing that, I was like, um, my fish tank, like my little volcano, my fish tank, uh, broke and, uh, I was trying to fix it. And one of my fish jumped out of the tank. I scooped him up and got him back in there. Hopefully he's all right. I have to stick my hand back in there and fix this plant too. But not before we finish the damn show. The damn, damn show. Very interesting new rumor uh, floating around from everybody's uh, most beloved actress, Rachel Zegler. Now, if you remember, if you'll remember, uh, during uh, the big hullabaloo around, for example, Amber Heard in the Aquaman movie, many people speculated there were many rumors about you know her part in that movie getting trimmed down. Um, in various things like that, uh, because, you know, people hated her and they didn't want her in the ads or in the commercials and that stuff we very clearly saw. Now the probably most hated woman in Hollywood is Rachel Zegler, uh, a, you know, someone who called Prince Charming weird, weird, uh, talked about you know, she did an interview where she pr pretended that, you know, all the backlash she got was because she's brownish, not because of the things she said. Now, 
just like with Little Mermaid, for example. I don't think Halle Bailey got a bunch of criticism directly. I didn't see it if there was, if there was much of anything at all. But I will say that, you know, I understand being frustrated by that. I mean, they just took the job, right? Disney's the one that said, hey, remember Little Mermaid? Remember how it's, you know, a movie that stood the test of time? What if we made it, made them black? Wouldn't that make it better? Well, it didn't get better. It was just worse in every conceivable way. The same they are saying now of Snow White, perhaps the most in-your-face diversity, equity, and inclusion act to date. The woman's name is literally Snow White, now being played by Snow Brown. Well, it looks like Disney is moving to trim Rachel Zegler's Snow White screen time with new childhood subplot. I've always said this of, of these diversity hires, and, and many people uh, will understand and you know agree. It's not her fault that she got hired, but she certainly didn't have to go out there and talk about how they were going to make it better and that the original just was out of date, very evidently so, as she said. I also think it's funny that Gal Gadot is supposed to be jealous of her looks. Rachel Zegler looks like a, a dollar store version of Gal Gadot. Who can forget Gal Gadot's Imagine song during the lockdowns? That's neither here nor there. According to the latest whistles on digital streets, in hoping to undo at least some of the damage done by star Rachel Zegler's very public denigration of the film's source material, Disney is currently moving to trim her Snow White screen time adding a new subplot focused specifically on the princess's childhood. The rumor was first raised to the public on January 23rd, courtesy of rising in entertainment industry commentator, um, that Park Place editor, WDW Pro. Now, WDW Pro has actually does have a strong history of being, you know, of having good leaks and good information. So, you know, this isn't like, you know, a rag website kind of thing. Um, you see, Disclosure, WDW Pro is, has a working relationship with Bounding into Comics as, and is considered a personal friend by this article's author. Per information first relayed to him from an alleged insider, uh, in light of Zegler's star fading among audiences, thanks to her aforementioned history of trashing every aspect of Disney's original animated take on Snow White, the House of Mouse is presently working to, quote, soften the public's perception of the princess's live-action incarnation. However, rather than do so by the way of refilming parts of the film with a new actress or having Zegler attempt to portray a more traditional version of the princess, the former being considered unfeasible due to the cost and the latter because audiences would rightly find such a heel turn too unbelievable, Disney will instead attempt to salvage the live-action Snow White's image with a new story beat centered around the younger self brought to life by a completely separate actress. This seems extremely, extremely unlikely. 
the I believe the number I believe the number of people or the the budget, I'm sorry, is like three hundred and fifty million dollars already. From what I remember, the the budget f for this film is astronomical already. And it has almost no chance of making money at the cinema. No chance. To refilm sections with a completely new actress only increases that budget. But WDW Pro has been right before. To this end, as relayed by WDW Pro, Disney has hired a young actress to play Snow White as a child. The idea is to cut out Zegler's performance, show Snow White as a cute little kid, and soften the character with flashbacks and or a major origin story portion at the beginning of the film. He further recapped his source's information. Of course, edits have not begun for these scenes as we believe they are not filmed yet, so things could change. As of writing, and unsurprisingly given its explicit description by the YouTuber himself as a rumor, WDW Pro's scoop remains uncorroborated by official sources. But an interesting twist, just days before WDW Pro broke his story, Disney-centric news outlet The Dis Insider published a report claiming the film had just cast a 10-year-old CODA star, Emily Foucher, to portray a child princess. A child-age princess. So is it for a different project? Perhaps. But that does seem to add a little more credence to the rumor. You know, it adds a little more credence to the, the possibility that they are doing it. And I could see why they would do it because they would put her in the commercials. They would put her in the art or, you know, in the, in the posters and things like that. So people don't have to, you know, uh, be reminded. Now, I don't think there's any saving this film. But it would be funny. Should the rumor pan out, it would stand as, but the latest change made to the animated original, it, it's jumped to live action. This is all via bounding into comics.com, by the way. As previously reported, the film will make such further deviations from the source material as in addition to the new character, jo Jonathan is portrayed by We Crash actor Andrew Burnap and the Queen as portrayed by Wonder Woman star Gal Gadot, receiving her own song and dance numbers. Notably, like the preceding rumor, Foucher's casting of a child-aged Snow White has yet to be confirmed by Disney or any parties related to the film's production. Ultimately, whether or not this role holds any weight, and if so, whether it's admittedly adorable, Foucher's presence in the film will be enough to entice audience members into handing their cash over for yet another mouse house soulless cash grab. will be determined as Disney releases more information in the lead-up of Snow White's March 21st, 2025 release. Now, I certainly hope that I'm still blessed enough at that point to be covering pop culture, Hollywood news, and things of that nature. It sure would be great. Um, you know, I'm hoping that uh, I still get to be doing my job then because this film is going to be a disaster. But the comments too, even I find this hard to believe. Disney has already sunk far more money than planned into this film with CGI replacement of dwarves. They would have to be absolutely desperate to think a subplot would help the movie's profitability chances. Not impossible, but unlikely. I'm pretty sure they're over $300 million already. Which means the movie's going to have to make six, seven, eight hundred million dollars at the box office just to break even. I don't see that happening. 
you know, and you know, you have the park place. That's where that park place, which is where this came from. You know, of course, Rachel Zegler famously tweeted, actually, I think the new Hawkeye should be a trans woman of color to stick it to the, those racist, sexist, transphobic garbage monster. She's talking about uh, Gina Carano there, I believe. I think. She also called him a creeper and a stalker. Would replacing her, you know, do much? I don't think so. I think the ship has sailed for Disney. I think there are just a lot of families that are not interested. They're just not interested in giving Disney any more money. You know, I, I just, I don't think. I, I don't, I don't think so. It would be pretty interesting, I suppose, uh, to see it shake out. And uh, would I see it anyway? Nope. Not going to see it. But would I like to see Disney piss away another $50 million trying to make me see it? Yeah. I think I would like that. I think I'd like that a lot. I'd like them. I'd like to set this. I'd like to set this up to be a bigger financial disaster, the biggest financial disaster possible. That's what I would like, but we'll have to wait and see, I suppose. Yeah, it just keeps it keeps cutting out. It's so weird. I'll try Rumble Studio tomorrow. Uh, fridge one. I'm going to I'm going to say we're letting the team know. Okay. Also, I keep dropping. Yeah, I, I'll try. I'll try Rumble Studio tomorrow and see. I mean, I've tried. I've basically tried everything. Like, um, it just seems like when I when I'm having a bad internet day, it just doesn't, you know, doesn't get any better. It's really weird. It's really weird. 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 Walmart is racist. I appreciate you, Saul. Thanks for being a member. It's uh, it's so weird. Like, um, wait, wait, okay, let me see this. Yeah, there's no. There's no indication of losing the stream in my streaming software. But it obviously must be like 
I mean, it's got to be on my end. Right? It's got to be. I don't know what else I can test. I mean, like... It's so weird. Yeah, it's just, it's been on and off all day. If you have enough bandwidth, use OBS plug into stream to all your destinations instead of restream. Well, yeah, but it's dropped, it's dropped out even when I'm not like it's, uh, It's, it's, uh, it, 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 it was locking up even it was, it was having streaming issues even when I was not using restream. And like, it's obviously not an, a speed issue. Yeah. Today is just a, a bad day. Ugh, get back to work. All right. I'll try Rumble Studios tomorrow. Um, hold on a second. What's a link for it? Hey, are you on Rumble Studio? Is it the problem? Only seems to be your channel. No, it must be like... I guess what I'll try to do is I'll try a different ethernet port tomorrow. Maybe there's something wrong with the line or something. Or I could even connect to the Wi-Fi. Like my Wi-Fi connection, I could rule out the hard, hard line cable altogether and just connect to Wi-Fi. There's a literal Wi-Fi booster in my bedroom. I could try that. That's what I'll do tomorrow. I'll connect to Wi-Fi and I'll stream that way. That's what I'll do. I'll try switching to Wi-Fi and see if that just like stays working. Then I'll be able to rule out a lot of the tech. Be able to rule out the cable, be able to rule out, you know, all that kind of stuff. Rumble Studio. Well, the reason I can't really use Rumble Studio is because um, I can't record locally. You know what I mean? That's the problem. I'm loading it up right now. Let's see. Um, allow, allow. Next. Allow. Hmm. I'll try it tomorrow. I'm going to just, I'm going to try connecting to Wi-Fi tomorrow though and see if that, you know, see if that actually does something. Use OBS to record and rumble to stream. Um, it doesn't work like that. 
if you give access to your camera to uh, Rumble Studio, uh, OBS won't be able to bring the source in. Oh, wait, you can use OBS with virtual webcam and feed it in at Rumble Studio, though. Uh, yes. If that is true, let me know how to do that. Yeah, I would assume that it's me, not everyone else. Dan Bongino streams for 100,000 people and he's totally fine. So tomorrow I'll try connecting to the Wi-Fi and just see. I'll see if that helps. Because, I mean, generally you'd want to be hardwired, but the Wi-Fi is like, you know, plenty. It's five, five gigahertz or whatever. And uh, studio records as well. Just activate the virtual webcam in OBS and in Rumble Studio, you select OBS virtual webcam. Okay. That'll be the next thing to try. Then I can use Rumble Studio, I guess. I have to figure out how to do that. Virtual webcam in OBS. Yeah, also it seems like it goes, it doesn't, it, there seems to be some level of coinciding when I record the video and the stream dropping, right? That seems to be like, that seems to be a consistent issue, right? I've tried Streamlab desktop, I've tried XSplit. Every time I record, it seems like that's when it drops out. I think. Did it disconnect again? It shouldn't be. Just activate the virtual webcam in OBS and in Rumble City. So like, yeah, I will. I will. I, I wrote that down, Ricky. Okay, so we're good. All right. Let's just keep going. Uh, yeah, Linus would never work with me. <laughs> Are you kidding me? He's a leftoid. Now, the question is, if we could test it, let me test it with, um, a video I know we're going to record. How about that? All right. Let me set this up. I don't think these stories do very good on um 
I don't think these things... Hold on a sec. I wanted to see... You can talk about... Vice? Yeah, okay. Talk about this, and we can also talk about... Um... Senior Beast. All right. I'm going to try to record this now. Let me know. I'm going to be watching chat if something happens. Well, there's a lot of back and forth going on on the internet right now. Uh, some of it, I think, you know, warranted. Some of it coming off a little jealous, but most of it based in some curious special treatment that Mr. Beast got from Elon Musk and Twitter uh, so he could promote making money on YouTube. Essentially, it came out, you know, he argued that 200, you know, he put Mr. Beast uploaded a video and he made $263,000 in advertising on that video. So, of course, that gets, you know, every major headline. Everybody's talking about how much money you could make on Twitter and all this kind of stuff. Everybody else who's in the Twitter monetization program looked at that and was like, whoa, like, that's insane. You know, Tucker Carlson got videos that got more views than that, and he wasn't making $270,000 a video. Everyone called it special treatment, which in a way it is, but I'm going to explain it. So Elon Musk responds to accusations that something shady helped Mr. Beast earn $263,000 on X, but creators are still puzzled. You see this, some ex-users convince Elon Musk, Musk rigged the results of Mr. Beast ad experiment where he earned $250,000. Some ex-users are convinced that Elon Musk rigged, rigged the results of Mr. Beast's ad revenue experiment to inflate his earnings to $250,000. Mr. Beast, you know, he has long been vocal about his problems with X's monetization strategy for influencers, saying it isn't worth it for him to post his content on the platform. Mr. Beast said that. Musk has been trying to overhaul X's ad revenue sharing program to lure top influencer talent such as Mr. Beast with little success. Last month, Mr. Beast told Musk he was down to test stuff once monetization is really cranking. And on January 15th, he uploaded a video on X to do just that. Now, what's curious, what didn't make any sense to me was that he didn't, you know, he uploaded an old video to X, not even a new video. Because I'm curious how much ad revenue a video on X would make. So I'm re-uploading this to test it. We'll share ad rev next week. Donaldson said in a post alongside a 16-minute video titled $1 versus $100 million car that he uploaded on YouTube four months ago. It received 215 million views on YouTube. And as of January 23rd on X, it had amassed 161 million. Um, wrong. 161 million impressions. This is a consistent, purposeful misrepresentation. It has 167.6 million impressions. 
not ad views. Okay. So, you know, unofficially, now he posts this, right? This has 156 million impressions, which is, you know, lines up with what I said. There were 5,176,000 engagements. Now, did that mean, you know, again, this, this is a post. Does that mean 5 million people watched it? It's possible. You know, it's possible given every Mr. Beast fan would have already watched his video, probably on Twitter. 5 million engagements seems more like the number of likes and retweets and things like that. But again, you see 481,000 replies. I'm sorry, likes. So it, it, it might be 5 million total views. That, that would probably maybe track, okay? So creators are like, so Dan Bongino posts, I love what Elon's doing here with Twitter, as I've repeatedly and publicly stated, but this is shady. I have almost 5 million followers here, and I signed up for monetization to see what the income stream looks like, and this is the type of payments I receive from Twitter. Disclosure, I'm an investor in Rumble, but I want all parties in the free speech space to succeed. So I made $397. Okay, here's the thing that everybody's getting wrong. First of all, the number of followers you have doesn't really matter. It's how much engagement bait you get and how many comments you get, how long those threads get. Given the number of ads, you know, the, more, the longer the thread, the more ads that run in your threads. There are people that target, and I'm going to come back to that later, specific creators to run their ads. So, you know, Dan isn't very active on Twitter, making $400, okay, um, probably is right. Now, because most of the things he does tweet are just like, hey, I'm going live over here or there, I'm doing this, that, and the other thing. What people are responding with is basically, well, you didn't make any money before on Twitter. Isn't it so great that you make money? Yes, it's cool. For me, uh, as a creator um, with, I don't know, 300,000 followers, but rarely more than 500 likes or interactions on anything, I generally make about 200 bucks a month. It's not enough for me to like be dedicating my life to Twitter. Um, I will say... The early people that got those big paychecks, to me, it was suspicious. When you had people like Ashley Slank Claire and the Crassensteins getting $30,000, $40,000, $50,000 checks, it was very suspicious to me. The problem is people don't understand that Mr. Beast got fast-tracked into a monetization program that nobody else is in. Let me repeat that. Mr. Beast did not make $250,000 the same way anyone else makes $250,000 on Twitter. Okay? He is in a pre-roll ad program, which is invite only, and I don't know a single person in it. I see some news outlets in it, like Deserto and things like that, but I never, I have not seen an individual with pre-roll ads on their videos. By the way, if I see a pre-roll ad on a 
Twitter video, I generally just skip the video. I decide I don't need to see it that much. But it is shady. So Dan's calling it shady because they're saying, oh, he made 200000 He's retweeting. Mr. Beast vows to give away his $263,000 pay. He only made that money because it was Mr. Beast. He was in a premium program that nobody else is in, essentially. And most likely, his advertising partners ran ads on his video. You know what I'm saying? He, Mr. Beast has earned preferential treatment. I, I don't, that's just the way the system goes. I don't care that he got preferential treatment. What I care is that it's getting presented like, hey, anybody can make 200 grand off just posting a video on Twitter. That's not true. You can only post, you can only make money if you're, you can only make this kind of money if you're Mr. Beast and if you're in an, a super exclusive invite only monetization program. So then Ashley St. Clair, one of the largest benefactors of Elon Musk's monetization, uh, jumped into Cape for it. It's not shady at all. Monetization has nothing to do with follower count. She's right about that. Most of your posts are outlinks. Doesn't encourage users to stay on the platform and then be served ads. Plus, you will you post virtually no video content here. There are accounts that have 20,000 followers making more than you in ad revenue because they're creating engaging content. You mean freebooting and stealing other people's content. I can guarantee your ad revenue here will grow dramatically if you post a more engaging content and video. I have immense respect for you as well, Dan. However, you have a lot to gain with your Rumble ownership by painting X's monetization as shady when that's not the case. Again, this is Elon's crew. I would not be surprised if somebody said, hey, you got to go defend us against Rumble. Only, only conservatives. This is one thing conservatives, they don't get. They're greedy, okay? This is why we're not seeing any force multipliers out there. Elon Musk, for all of his greatness and things, sees Rumble as a competitor. But Rumble doesn't see X as a competitor. Like he, they, they should be working together, not competing. This is the dumbest crap. And then you can see in, in Ashley's last post, she's basically like, yeah, but Twitter's better than Rumble. Again, you know, I, I, does Ashley post extremely engaging content? I don't think so. You know, she posts a Hillary Clinton meme. And I mean, it is, you know, it's like post better content. What? What am I seeing here that's that great? A bad Photoshop of you at 7 Eleven? And these people live on Twitter. Here he's post here she's posting somebody else's video entirely. This isn't her video. She didn't create this. She stole it and monetized it. And got six point five thousand likes and 264,000 impressions on a video she stole and monetized. 
this is what is called freebooting. All right. So I don't want to hear from you just make better content. You'll make more money when people are just posting other people's content and monetizing it. That's going to go away, by the way. You know, once, once actual money is available on Twitter, people are going to start claiming their, they're going to start claiming their revenue. You know, I think that Elon Musk has consistently tried to undermine Rumble. He's tried to smear Rumble. He's, you know, he blocks Rumble links. It's, it's just, this is conservatives being stupid and greedy. You know, it's just, it's so frustrating to me. That's why we don't win. Why is Ashley St. Clair simping for Elon Musk? Oh, is it because she gets thousands of dollars in ad revenue from Elon every month? I mean, come on. She's calling Dan a shill, but she's a shill too. It's all pathetic. Dan is 100% right in that it is shady because Mr. Beast got ad revenue that nobody else gets. And it's being presented as like, hey, you too could make money. What I'd rather... Ashley St. Clair be simping for is everybody coming together. You can monetize your content on X and you can monetize it on Rumble and you can monetize it on BitChute and you can monetize it on, on Odyssey some way or whatever. It's all good, but let's not pretend that any John Q public's making a quarter million dollars from your, you know, Twitter, from Twitter revenue. Even Mr. Beast was like, hmm, something seems off here. Even Mr. Beast said, it's a bit of a facade. Advertisers saw the attention it was getting and bought ads on my video. I mean, who's, who's his number one sponsors? You know, people like Shopify and all that kind of stuff. What do you want to bet they bought ads on that video because it's Mr. Beast? They're not buying ads on your stolen news clips. Or your stolen memes. I don't think I don't think that Elon put his own money into this. I think that Mr. Beast is a genius and he probably just told people, hey, I'm running this, run your ads on my video, it's gonna get a lot of attention. And advertisers went and did that. And I bet you they would do it again on the next Mr. Beast video. But this is not a real thing. It's all just sad we can't work together. It's all sad. Interesting. Ah, you know why? You know why? Okay, so that's interesting. So it's when I stop recording, it fucks up the stream. That's what it looks like, right? So what do we think? What do let's what do we think? Maybe I should record 
Okay, I'm gonna talk to Meta right now. So, whenever I stop recording a clip while streaming, the stream drops. I wonder if... Let me change the hard drive that I record to. Let me try that quick. Um, let me see. You know what I'm saying? Like if I recording path, if I record it, Maybe I try recording to a different, uh, hold on a second. I have an idea. What if I try recording to, what if I try recording to a different hard drive? Uh, I'm going to try, let me try this. Hold on a sec. It, the stream's going to drop for a second. Okay. So now I'm back. Okay, so now I'm back. Right? All right. Now let's try recording another video. So instead of instead of recording to the same hard drive to C I've now tried recording to D All right This is actually so now we know are you running out of ram no chance Like this is my computer is stacked it's brand new from like less than a year ago So let's try another video. VRAM, I seems unlikely. I mean, I have a NVIDIA like 4080 or 3080 or whatever the, the, okay, let's try recording now.
Here we go. Because what's interesting is this actually this actually happened happens regardless of software. How do I even see my computer specs? I could tell you what it is if you tell me how to pull them up. This is this is potentially really big deal if we can if it's fixed now. Um, but we'll see. All I did was change to record to the D drive now. But also there were settings around the encoder, what encoder to use while it's doing it. I could try changing that too. If something's causing a bottleneck when you start or end the recording, yeah. System information. Yeah, it's a uh, AMD Ryzen 9 7900X 12 core processor, 4.7 gigahertz, 12 core, um, 32 gigabytes of RAM. You know, it's, you know, let's try this. Here we go. Do we think, what do, what do we think the chances are that that fixed it? Changing just the, just the drive. The other thing, the other thing it could be is in the video settings. For streaming, it uses the NVIDIA NVEC H.264 parentheses new, which makes sense. And recording, it uses the same encoder. So I could try, it could be a video encoding thing. Well, let's try just a different drive. Look at resource monitor when you start in a video, it's in task manager, the performance tab, then open it. Okay, hold on a sec. Task manager, uh, you want me on processors? Look at your resource monitor. So right now, uh, CPU is at 5%, memory is at 46% because of all the open tabs. Disks at 0%, networks at 0%. Don't mismatch encoders. Okay, well they're they're the same now. All right. So let's see. Let's see. So by the way, just to give you an update, when I hit the start record, my CPU went up to 10%, my memory's at 48% in use. 
but nothing really spiked. Okay. And I assume the stream is fine. I think it's when we end it and it, it takes that file from temp to permanent. I think that might be. Okay, here we go. Google is suffering. It is chaotic. Just in December, Google reported that they would be cutting 30,000 jobs. 30,000 jobs. And, you know, it's, it's wild when you can think about laying off that many people. But now they just cut thousands more whose job it was to improve the search function um, after search results have been scientifically shown to suck. You know, Google search results, we, you know, many of us uh, probably agree, seem like they're manipulated and have been for a very long time. Uh, but ultimately, you know, it, it's, it's wild just how many thousands of jobs are getting cut and just replaced with AI. You know, it's election time. We saw all the shenanigans, remember last year or during the 2016 election, people were saying, oh, if I search for this, I search for that. We know that Zuckerberg is just a huge fan. Um, he's just a huge fan of democracy. So he invests hundreds of millions of dollars in states he doesn't even live in for political reasons, things like that. Google cuts thousands of workers improving search after search results scientifically shown to suck. Google is terminating its contract with Appen, a third-party company responsible for training its search algorithm, the contractor said in a statement to investors on Monday. The company said that Google's contract brought in $83 million and accounted for 26% of its revenue. The decision will ultimately impact over 2,000 Google workers. That's roughly 10% of Googler, Google's Raider workforce, which the company had previously said amounts of 16,000 people. The announcement comes on the heels of a study published last week that found Google search results have undeniably gotten worse as AI-generated content proliferates and the company struggles to keep up tweaking its algorithm. I mean, if you look at the scenario where, where a lot of our content is getting generated uh, artificially for a long time it felt like oh my god this is super obviously written by ai right it's not so obvious anymore and there are you know websites proliferating thousands of articles per minute that are getting into the search algorithm because Google cannot determine what's AI generated and what's not. The decision will ultimately impact, oh, we hit that over 2000, quote, these workers provide critical support that keeps Google's flagship search results and Bard's AI safe and functional for the company's billions of users. The Alphabet Workers Union, CWA, which represents nearly 1,500 workers employed or contracted by Google's parent company, said in a statement, the workers in question are employed by Raider Labs, an app and subsidiary specializing in search engine evaluation. They are responsible for training Google search algorithm by testing search queries and rating the accuracy and relevance of the results. Last February, workers successfully won a $15 per hour wage by organizing with the 
Alphabet Workers Union, $15 an hour. I mean, I guess that's okay. I suspect a lot of these workers are in India. I, I just have a suspicion. This news should be a wake-up call for workers in the tech industry and anyone concerned about the impacts of AI on the workplace. Union Executive Board Secretary Tony Allen said, As subcontractors for Google, we have been the canary in the AI coal mine, calling out the precarious labor conditions we face being the human workers standing between large language models and their end users. This is what AI work looks like when workers have no say in the process. Look, there is going to be... I, I've, 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 you know, people say it's crazy, but I'm telling you once AI gets good, if it ever gets, you know, better, um, you know, I think it's going to be, it's going to be the biggest, it's going to have the biggest impact on the workforce, the big sense, the invention of the personal computer, you know? Um, it, it's, it's wild that all the, it's just like, feels like it's happening out of nowhere too. I mean, we've known it's kind of existing, but it's like, Oh, nope, you've been fired. Oh, you're, you're fired. Oh, a hundred thousand people, you know, fired. There's going to be millions of people in 2025 that get fired and lose their job to AI. I assure you workers responsible for training AI or filtering search algorithms results in the tech industry often face Working conditions, uh, such working conditions, a 2023 Times investigation found that OpenAI open AI paid Kenyan workers $2 an hour to filter traumatic content from chat GPT training data. Motherboard has reported on the human effort behind artificial intelligence. What's wild is everybody who's making money, who's getting paid to, um, to, do this work is just they're just training they're literally training their replacements google spokesperson told motherboard an email our decision to end the contract was made and part of our ongoing effort to evaluate and adjust many of our supplier partnerships across alphabet to ensure our vendor operations are as efficient as possible the spokesperson noted that the raider data was one input improving search results in addition to efforts of other terms I don't believe that our search results are anywhere near authentic anyway, especially when we know, you know, everything we know about how big tech is and how, um, you know, how in bed with Democrats they are, all this kind of stuff. Again, you see, this is the same day. This article came out today after layoffs in YouTube and ad sales team, Google fires employees from its research lab. This is a whole nother group of people. This from, you know, December, the end of the year, Google to fire 30,000 employees after the success of its AI powered services, 30,000 people whose jobs will never exist again. Nobody wants to regulate AI. People are going to make too much money off of it. And it's going to crush the workforce. Not the people that are, you know, plumbers, not the people that are construction workers, bricklayers road crew, electricians, they're going to be fine. But all these tech bros who are making 150 grand a year for Google and stuff like that, they're gone. They're all gone. And now this article too, Google last software engineer says company is randomly firing people. 
Google layoffs at, uh, layoffs at Google, this article from a day ago, reportedly reached 15,000, sparking protests across the company. A software engineer who works at Google has bashed the company on LinkedIn. The employee claims that the company is just randomly firing people. Google has been terminating the employment of many people, adding fuel to the growing discontent among employees. A software engineer at Google who is seeing many people leaving has vented out her frustration on LinkedIn, saying the company is randomly firing people. The latest round of layoffs come as tech giant has been cutting jobs consistently over the past year, with reports suggesting that the total number of employees affected this time stands at a staggering 15,000 following last year's 12,000 job cuts. That's 27,000 people in a year cut. Diane Hirsch Theralt, a Google software engineer with more than eight years of service at the company, took to LinkedIn, who still uses LinkedIn, to talk about the issues with the company's leadership. In a candid and lengthy post, she criticized management for what she, she described as randomly firing people and accused them of undermining the wealth of institutional knowledge within the company. She highlighted that the detrimental impact of perfectly functional teams and lamented the loss of once magical work environment. Well, I knew this was coming. And as dumb as AI is, it's better than most online journalists, right? It's probably better than most of these people that Google hires. I mean, who even understands, you know, when I submit a video that gets demonetized, for example, somebody allegedly looks at that and says, oh no, uh, this is definitely still bad. I, whoever's looking at that is barely has a pulse. Quote, Google was a really magical place not that long ago. And for some reason, Joe Biden, executives are cashing out their human capital at the very moment. It seems to me like they really need it. I wonder, you know, 20,000 people randomly fired. The software engineer also voiced concerns about pervasive sense of nihilism within the company, with many employees adopting a mindset of merely doing their jobs until they're inevitably fired. Well, this is what happened when you had like this tech explosion of, you know, un, uh, unadulterated hiring un you know, just, I mean, you knew there had to be something had to give. And, uh, well, Joe Biden's Bidenomics has forced these companies because these companies have to keep profiting. Remember, it's not about when you're publicly traded, it's not about making money, right? It's about making all the money, all the money. And if you're not making all the money, you're gone. And look, Google just wants to do whatever the government says anyway. So, you know. YouTube fires employees. They fired the YouTube gaming head, I think, too. Everybody is cutting immense amounts of fat. That should tell you what's coming because they know tough times are coming, especially if their guy gets back in office. You wonder why they keep supporting these people. So weird. No, you're only we're only back 
We're only back so quick because I'm starting I'm starting and stopping the stream immediately after. Interesting. Interesting. So, I don't know what the cause is, but I know how to recreate it. That's, that's the interesting part. So it's NVENC too. The driver may halt other processes while it lets the disk write. I think that's what I'm thinking. Let me see. Um, I wonder if, uh, let's see if there's a new, let's see if there's a new driver. Let me see if there's uh, the Intel processor and new GPUs have dual NVEC reporter recorders encoders. Um, I wonder, it's so weird, isn't it? It's like, uh, it's so weird how like it's very repeatable, you know? Um, there's a new driver. Let's try that. Let's try that. Let me try a driver update. I can't remember, I can't really remember when it started because it, I mean, it, it didn't, it's so, it's weird because it didn't do it last week, right? It's not, it's intermittent. It's like, it's like when something else is open or something. 
You know what I mean? That must be like, yeah, this is the worst it's ever been. Yeah, even so. Should be back. Okay. Now I uploaded the drive. I updated the driver. You don't really have to reboot anymore these days, right? You don't really have to reboot after installing a, a driver these days, right? So we can try, we can try to see if the driver fixed it. Right? We can at least try to see that. All right, here we go. It's probably not the driver, no. Well, what's what's interesting about it, so we're just recording right now. I'm just gonna let it record for a few, like just a few minutes here. What's What's interesting is like, what's interesting is, uh, Oh, I keep telling him just CPU encode for the stream and NVEC for record. Okay, well let's see if that if that doesn't work, we'll try that. We'll try that next. Like a hundred percent. I'll try that next if this doesn't work. So let's just let it record for a little bit. I mean, I don't know if it needs to be a big file or not, but just to keep things kind of around the same thing, we'll do a 10 minute and then I'll try CPU encode for the stream. Cause this is like definitely holding my stream back. Like we lost a thousand viewers today that didn't come back because they're like, oh, you know? So I appreciate you hanging out. Walmart is racist. Walmart is racist. It really is when you think about it, you know? I'm just going to edit this video quick. Walmart is racist. Walmart is racist. Like it's it's wild. Like I'm literally editing and exporting a video right now. Which is something I do all the time on stream. Like live. 
Omar's races against who? Oh man. I mean, everybody, right? Everybody knows that Walmart is racist. All right, so well, let's see now. You think we've recorded long enough, or should I make it the just make it go ten minutes? Let's just see, and then if that's not it. We'll try CPU. This whole stream is just one big tax write-off. I notice with my AMD card when doing streams, I get stutter when starting stopping. It's just weird that it's like so predictable and consistent. I wrote this stream off long ago. Oh. Yeah, this stream, today's stream is not ideal. It is suboptimal. But I appreciate you hanging out. Maybe we can optimize it. Uh, Meta PCs message me. Let's see. What did they say? What do you think they said? What rendering method? If he's rendering the stream via CPU and also in CPU to record clips instead of NVIC, stopping the clip might overload the CPU. They are both set to NVIC. I was going to try moving the stream itself to CPU and encoding NVIC as a test. Next. Okay, so it seems like they're on the same page. They're kind of on the same page. Switzerland IQ might be might be on the same page here. Walmart is racist. Walmart is racist. Uh, all right, 5.45. I feel like that's good. I'm stopping it right now. Let's see what happens. Or should I just let it go? I should just let it go, right? I should let it go. So it's like an eight-minute clip at least. Yeah, I don't, I don't see the CPU getting overloaded, but maybe there's some sort of like... nonsense about the uh you know nonsense going on all right let's try this stopping 
if um if this fails okay if this fails then uh we'll try the cpu encoding and if that fails i'll throw my computer out the window ready this was just the new driver this is just the new driver The question is, did we, did we drop? Did we drop? Turn your PC into your new mailbox. Yeah, I could do that. I'm not using Rumble Studio. Still live, still live. Did it, it did hiccup? No drop. Okay, so no freeze after driver update. Interesting. All right. We're going to go with that. Nobody saw a drop off. Maybe the GPU just needed a reboot. What the driver update does during the install cycle. Okay. Yeah, that could be. All right. That's it. A win is a win. We'll see you tomorrow. No interruptions. If we have an interruption tomorrow, then we'll try the... Uh... Yeah, I'm going to have a 4080 Super in like a few weeks. So it'll be good. No freezing, but the audio cut out for a second. I don't know. Didn't seem like anybody noticed anything. If it happens again tomorrow, then we'll go to the CPU NVAC thing. We'll see you tomorrow in 21 and a half hours. Appreciate you.